This week is all about nutrition. It's the third of the five pillars that I've been sharing with you over the last few weeks to help you get the fitness results you want and feel at your very best. These are the pillars and the process that I've designed over the last 10 years of working with thousands of women. And these are the things that I know without a shadow of a doubt are non-negotiable if you want to see the very best results. So join me today as I dive into pillar or step number three. Welcome to the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness, a space where we celebrate you exactly as you are right now, while also looking at realistic and achievable ways that you can increase your fitness, improve your nutrition, and bring more wellness into your busy schedule. We tackle a whole range of subjects from diet culture and healthy weight loss, right through to how to stay motivated, reduce stress, balance fitness and life, and ways to get the most out of your fitness routine. This is your weekly dose of inspiration and motivation. Perfect if you're a busy woman who sometimes struggles to find time for yourself and who would love to develop a positive mindset and a consistent fitness and wellness routine. I'm Alex, your host, women's fitness and wellness coach, founder of ChickFit, mum of two, lover of chocolate, wine and exercise and believer that we can all find balance in our busy lives. Hello, hello, and how are you this week? I hope you've been enjoying the last few episodes of the podcast because each week at the moment, I have been building a picture for you of the five pillars for fitness and wellness success. These are the things which I know that we need to have in place if we're going to get the results we want and most importantly, feel amazing in ourselves and in our own skin as well. Because you know, when it comes to our confidence, when it comes to feeling energized and motivated, it really does go way, way, way beyond how we look. You know, we often focus on that as kind of the surface level thing, like, how is this thing going to make me look? But actually, it's also about the way that we look after ourselves, the way we treat ourselves, the way we talk to ourselves, the way we see ourselves, you know, all of these things are wrapped up in our sense of confidence, our sense of motivation and all of those things as well. And, you know, I do really, really believe that we have to go deeper. We have to go deeper than just dropping a dress size or losing a bit of weight or toning up a little bit. You know, those things are lovely. Don't get me wrong. They're like the icing on the cake. But ultimately, we have to get deep. We have to look at what's going on underneath. We have to listen to ourselves and we have to be mindful. We have to be mindful of all these things around like the way we talk to ourselves, the way we treat ourselves, if we really truly want and desire to change. Okay. For most of us, the truth is that, you know, when we're embarking on a new fitness program or, you know, we're doing something new for ourselves or we've got a new routine in mind, it's because we want change. We want to create something better for ourselves. And actually that's like the human condition, isn't it? We spend our lives like looking at how can I make my life better? How can I make my life more? Right. And so we're not going to get that by just looking at the surface level stuff. If we really want to feel confident and comfortable within ourselves in the truest sense of that, we have to go deeper. So with that in mind, we've already covered stress and mindset in the last couple of weeks. And if you're coming to this and you're like, oh, I've not listened to those yet, please don't worry. Each of these episodes is absolutely amazing as like a standalone resource, a standalone episode. But when you start to listen to them all together, they start to get a lot more powerful. So it's definitely worth going back and having a look over the last few weeks worth of episodes. Because um, like I say, I've already covered stress and mindset. So things that we don't often think about and often are not talked about anywhere near enough when it comes to fitness and wellness, but which are really, really, really vital to work on if we want to go on a fitness and wellness journey that is really going to serve us, that is really going to get us results. But this week, we're going to move on to more practical stuff. We're going to talk about the nutrition. 
happen. But instead of us talking about what you should eat, what you shouldn't eat, calories in versus calories out and all of that stuff, <laughs> I'm again going a little bit deeper because we always go a little bit deeper here because what we really need to delve into when it comes to nutrition mostly is our attitude to food and nutrition, right? We all know roughly what we should be eating, right? That is not the problem. The problem usually is our attitude and the, the sort of practices that we have around food and nutrition, which make it very hard for us to actually eat well, ironically. And, you know, the fact is that it's mostly not our fault, right? This is the way we've been taught we should approach food. So it's completely normal if you feel like, oh, you know, I have difficulties around, you know, my attitude to food and I'm not really sure where to go with this. And I always find it really hard to not eat the sugar and do all these things, right? If that is the case, then that's because what we have been taught over the years is a little bit messed up. It's definitely a little bit messed up. So what we're going to do today is instead of all of the shoulds, all of the like, oh, you should eat less sugar. You should balance your blood sugar. You should do intermittent fasting and all that kind of stuff. What we're actually going to do is talk about how we can engage with food and nutrition in a way that gets us results, but in a way that it also has a lot more joy and freedom and enjoyment within it, right? That is so, so, so important. And I think that that gets missed out, right? We talk about food as making us more healthy. We talk about food as helping us to lose weight. We talk about food as giving us more energy, all of these things. And we forget to talk about food as joy, food as pleasure, right? And we're allowed to get those things out of food as well. So that's kind of the place that I want to go to today. Because, you know, especially if you have been going round and round in circles, trying to eat better for a really long time and finding it really difficult and finding you get stuck in the same old loops and the same old habits and you find it very, very difficult to break free from that, then I can promise you that that the old approach or the, you know, the mainstream approach, so to speak, is not going to help you. The mainstream approach is going to keep you stuck in that, in that cycle, in that circle, going around it for years and years and years. So today, let us discover a different and better way of doing this. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to sort of talk about, I suppose, some of the key myths and some of the ways in which we've been taught to approach nutrition and then how we can start to flip that a little bit to make it more joyful again, okay, to get more, more love out of our lives when it comes to nutrition and food. So I think one of the biggest things for me is, you know, a couple of these myths. Uh, one of the ones that, um, it's not really a myth as such, but I, I do want to talk about it, is this whole bloody calories in versus calories out thing. Oh, it annoys me, right? Now, at the core of it, it is true, right? But at what point has knowing calories in versus calories out actually helped us? For most of us, it doesn't. It's the same as knowing that we shouldn't eat so much sugar and we should eat more protein and slow-release carbs, right? It's the same kind of thing. It's not helping us. It is not helping us. And yes, at the core of it, it may be true. But we all know that when it comes to nutrition and exercise and all of these things, it all comes down to mindset. And if our mindset is all messed up from all of the stuff that we have, have you know, had shoved upon us over the years, then knowing that it's calories in versus calories out is virtually useless, right? But there's also some other issues that I have with this calories in versus calories out model, because what it leads us to believe is that we need the same number of calories every day. So, you know, those like... Um, 
oh, I can't even remember what it's called, those calorie trackers anyway. And they will, they'll be like, right, what's your current weight? And how much do you want to lose? And okay, great. So here's how many calories you need to eat each day. And so you're given this, I don't know, let's say 1500 calories, right? That's what you need to eat. Now, number one, eating just 1500 calories a day is really bloody hard. <laughs> number two, it ignores the fact that our energy needs change throughout the month, particularly for women, right? As our menstrual cycle goes through the cycle, our energy needs change. As we come towards our period, we actually need a bit more energy. Hence why we end up craving stuff. And then we try and stop ourselves. We're like, oh my God, I don't want to be craving stuff. I'm supposed to be not eating sugar. And then it ends up in the massive binge, right? Because we've ignored what our body needs from us, right? So I think that that's an issue with it. I think secondly, it discourages us from listening to our own hunger signals, so when it's all about, well, if you just track the number of calories and you make sure that you are expending more calories than you're taking in, it's like, oh God, it's, we're not listening to our own hunger signals. And it's just, it just reduces us to this life of like calorie counting misery. And like, who wants that? Who wants that? You know, back in the day, I used to do Weight Watchers online. Oh my God. Those, I mean, it's the same kind of thing. The points, the goddamn points. And every time I picked up a packet of something, I'd be like, oh, I'll try and calculate how many points are in this thing and, and you know, put my points in at the end of the day. And oh, it's miserable. It is miserable, right? So it just, it just leads to this life of calorie counting misery and, you know, just going round and round in circles and being like, why can't I do this? I don't understand why I can't just, you know, expend more calories than I take in and blah, 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 right? It's because we're not taught how to listen to our bodies, right? So we need to learn to listen to our bodies because our bodies have wisdom and our bodies have wisdom that we usually don't allow ourselves to listen to because we're too busy going, yes, but my calorie tracker says that I should only eat 1500 calories today. <laughs> and I've, got, I've had more than that and that's terrible. So tomorrow I'm going to have to cut back even more. And so, yeah, it's just misery. It's just calorie counting misery. It's a load of rubbish, right? Yes, it may be true at the core of things, but ultimately it is not helping us to eat better. It just isn't. I think another uh, sort of second thing that um, I see, and, and I saw this actually quite recently in a nutrition reset program I did with some clients, and it's this idea, like we've all got this idea in our heads, right, of the way that we would like to eat ideally. We're like, oh, and, and I'll eat with freedom and I'll just eat really healthy stuff and then I'll be able to enjoy some of this nice stuff and everything will be really balanced and it'll be really easy. And we've got this vision of like, that's the way that I want to ultimately eat, right? So what do we do to get there? We go on a diet. <laughs> We're like, well, if I do the diet first and lose the weight, then I am allowed to eat the way that I would like to eat. Now, when I say it like that, you can see the madness that is within that, right? And I think that something that really told the story to me was, like I say, I did this 28-day nutrition reset a little while ago. And one of the members of that reset sort of said to me at the end of it, she said, like, my attitude to food in the last 28 days has completely and utterly changed. She said that this reset was the exact way that she'd always wanted to eat. She had always wanted to eat like this, but she'd always thought that she needed to do the diet and lose the weight before she was allowed to eat like that, right? And what she'd realised was that if she just started eating the way that she wanted to eat, everything started to come together. Everything started to make sense. And of course, she was like, well, you know, I'm eating really well and I'm never hungry and this feels really easy and this is the way that I've always wanted to eat. So, you know, 
I probably won't have lost any weight, but you know, at least my my mindset will be in a much better place. And she was really enjoying it just for that. And then anyway, she did happen to jump on the scales and discover that she'd lost five pounds, <laughs> five pounds that she was not expecting. And all because she had finally started to eat the way that she wanted to eat, right? And she was like, you know what? It might take me a little bit longer like this. And I may not get to the exact place that I want to get to, but my God, I feel so differently about food and nutrition and I'm enjoying this and it is the way that I want to eat for life and I feel it's sustainable and all of these things. So I think that, you know, if you have it in your head, right, well, if I just do the diet and then I can start eating the way that I want to eat, it's the completely wrong way around. Instead, we need to start with the way that we want to eat first. Okay. That is the most important thing. What does that look like? Because usually that looks like an actually healthier way of eating than the way you're eating right now. And it looks like enjoyment and, you know, joy and pleasure and all of those kind of things. So why do we put ourselves into the place of, oh God, this needs to be hard and I need to restrict and I need to cut back before we will allow ourselves the pleasure? Let's start from pleasure. Let's start from pleasure. And I promise you that everything can change. I think the next thing that I want to talk about is discipline and willpower. This comes up time and time again when it comes to food. And people or we are just convinced that if we just have enough discipline and if we just exert enough discipline, have enough willpower, everything's going to be okay. But I'm here to tell you that they are both vastly overrated because they're finite. We do not have infinite resources of discipline and willpower. We just don't, okay? Eventually, they are going to fail us. We might manage it for a few days and then it just falls apart. And that's the usual pattern, isn't it, of, right, it's Monday. This is it. I'm doing it. I'm I'm totally on it this week. I have the discipline. I've got the willpower. Everything feels great. And you do a day or two and you're like, yeah, 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 I feel great. This is awesome. I can keep going like this. And then as you get towards the end of the week and you've had a few, you know, stressful bits and pieces and you've been busy and you're a bit tired and then it's like, oh God, oh, I don't want to eat like this anymore. I want to eat that massive cake. I want to eat those crisps. I want to drink that wine. And before you know it, it's all falling apart and you have to start again on Monday. And that's because discipline and willpower are vastly, vastly overrated, right? So instead of discipline and willpower, think about how you can improve your nutrition how what you can add to it and this is something that I'm always telling people stop thinking about what you have to take away stop thinking about what about what you have to stop doing stop thinking about how you need to make yourself toe the line right because that's all hard that is all hard and eventually you're going to want you're going to rebel against it and you're going to want to stop doing it right instead think about what can i add how can i increase the nutrition in my diet how can i add more nutrients how can i make my nutrition more nutrient dense because then discipline and willpower drop away we don't need them anymore and then again i go back to this 28 day reset that i did and you know what people were saying to me literally within a few days it was like oh i'm actually snacking less because I'm filling myself up properly at breakfast time and I'm eating like a proper portion instead of the child-sized portion I was having before because I thought that's what I was supposed to have. And they're like, oh my God, I'm actually feeding myself properly, which means that I'm not craving sugar at 11 o'clock or 3 p.m. or whatever it is. And I don't need willpower anymore because this makes it so much easier. So instead of trying to like prevent yourself and stop yourself and hold yourself back and be disciplined and all those things, how can you actually take that out of the equation altogether? How can you start to look at, right, how do I increase the amount of nutrients that are in my diet? How do I make it more nutrient dense? And therefore, how do I cancel out the need for any discipline? 
and willpower, right? And I think going on from that, tracking your food, like a lot of us track our food to keep ourselves disciplined. They're like, if I write it all down, then that will keep me on track, right? But it's not always appropriate because actually, again, it makes you feel hemmed in. It makes you feel like you're restricting. It makes things feel very hard. And then what happens when you do have the binge? You're like, oh God, oh no, I won't write that down. I'll I'll leave it and I'll start again on Monday because the binge will happen. If you're trying to like diet your way to, you know, or use willpower towards towards the things that you want. So tracking your food, not particularly helpful. I am going to talk about one case in which it is helpful in a minute, but I think that try and stop tracking your food because you drive yourself around the bend, actually. Something else that I find um, that people are talking to me about a lot these days as well is this idea of mindful eating. They're like, oh, if I could just be mindful about what I'm eating, I'm going to get mindful about what I'm eating. Everything's going to be okay. And usually what I find is that what it actually means is that we're using mindful eating as a way to try and control ourselves and to try and control what we eat. We think that mindful eating is like this really easy, simple way of just making ourselves take a second, think about what we're doing, and then that will help us to control what we're doing. And I think anything that we are trying to exert on ourselves, which is about control and controlling what we eat and controlling our intake, is not ideal. Okay. It's not going to help us. Again, it's restricting us and restricting never wins. Our human brain is concerned with survival. That is literally all it cares about. It doesn't care if you're a size 16 or a size 10. Couldn't give a shit about that, right? What it does care about is you surviving, is you having the energy you need to feed your brain and to feed your body. Okay. That's literally all it cares about. So when you try and restrict and you cut back and you try and control and you use mindful eating as a way to control and you track your food and you try and be disciplined and you try and exert willpower and you go on the diet and all of those things, your brain's eventually just going to force you to eat more food to make up for it. And that's that's why the binge happens because your brain's going, this isn't good. This is not survival. We're not eating enough to survive. So we are going to force you to eat some food. We are going to make it virtually impossible for you to not do that thing, right? So restriction never, ever wins. So instead, it's about flipping the conversation to what can I add in? How do I make this look better? Not how do I cut back? How do I cut out? How do I not eat that thing, right? Because you're never going to win. You are never, ever going to win. Your brain will always win. And it was will always, always bring you back to survival. So let's get thinking about how can we add that nutrition? And I've got a few really ridiculously simple rules around this. Okay. There's no calorie counting. There's no macro counting. There's no, none of that rubbish, right? I'm literally going to give you the few rules that I stick by in my life and that I encourage my clients to stick to. And then I hesitate to even call them rules because they're not rules, right? But it helps. It helps us to feel like we've got this, this set, these set rules to live by. So number one, eat protein and fat with every meal. Okay. Protein and fat fill you up. No doubt about it. So protein and fat with every meal is going to make you feel more satisfied. It's going to fill you up for longer. It's going to mean you don't reach for the snacks so much in between because you're not going to need them. And again, like I said before, it takes away the need to exert discipline on yourself because you just have really good nutrition and you are making sure you're filling up and you're giving your body the things that it needs. And it needs protein and fat. It needs carbohydrates as well. I think that probably goes without saying <laughs> that it's not just protein and fat. They have carbs as well. But of, you know, often, particularly with breakfast and lunch, it's the opposite, isn't it? It's, well, I'll have some cereals for breakfast and then I will have a sandwich and some crisps for lunch, right? It's carb city. And there's nothing wrong with carbs. 
we've got to add some protein and fat to that to make it satisfying and to make sure that we don't go on that blood sugar roller coaster all day long because every time we have the crash we're going to be craving some you know some sugar or something to tide us over and we just get on that kind of carbohydrate carbohydrate track which we want to get away from like i say carbohydrates are good we need to be having those but we've got to add the protein and fat as well so number one protein and fat with every meal number two breakfast is king and you know we've always been told this and it is so 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 true because what you eat and when i talk breakfast some of you might be sitting there going oh but i don't really like breakfast i don't really eat until 11 o'clock that's fine right when i say breakfast i mean the first meal of the day so whatever is your first meal of the day is the most important meal of the day because it's going to set you up for everything that comes. And if you have a really good filling breakfast with protein and fat and carbs in it, then like I say, number one, you're going to feel fuller for longer, but also you don't start off on that sugar roller coaster because the worst thing you can do in the morning is start off on the sugar roller coaster and that's it. That's you set for the day. You're going to be up and down and up and down and looking for the snacks and looking for the sugar and looking for the carbs and all of those kind of things. And it's, that's not a great place for you to be when you're trying to improve your nutrition and when you're trying to improve your energy and all those kind of things as well. So breakfast is definitely king. Get that right. Everything else gets a lot, lot easier. Number three, add in as much variety of veg and plant foods as possible. Okay. So much goodness in all of those, so much fiber, but actually yes, in some of the plant foods like nuts and seeds and things, also protein and fat and things like that. So as much variety of veg and plant foods as possible. And what I normally challenge my clients to do is to try and improve week on week. So this, going back to the tracking, this is the one place where I say, yes, let's track your food. So what you basically do is as you go through the week, you write down every time you eat a veg, a fruit, a plant food, so vegetables, fruits, nuts, seeds, beans, and all those kind of things. So every time you eat one of those, you write it down. It only counts once though. So if you've eaten broccoli five times, it only counts as one lot of broccoli because the idea is getting as much variety in as possible because it's really good for your gut health. But it's also good for us in that if we tend to eat the same things all the time, it gets a bit boring and we start to look for other stuff and again, that's where we tend to like be, oh, I'll just have a little snack here, a little snack there, because we haven't given ourselves enough variety. So this is about variety. So do that for one week, write it all down. And then next week, try and beat it. And then the week after, try and beat it. And then the week after, try and beat it. So if you can do that, you are going to definitely 100% improve your nutrition very, very quickly. Number four, challenge yourself to find a new healthy dish to eat each week to add into your rotor. And again, this comes back to this idea of variety. You know, a lot of us get stuck in our ways, eating the same things over and over and over again, getting bored and getting stuck in our ways. So because we never change what we eat very much, we will keep going back to the same things over and over again. And that includes going back to the biscuits, going back to the chocolate, going back to, you know, this, that and the other. So adding variety is a really helpful way of, of, adding a little bit of interest, a little bit of intrigue, a little bit of pleasure, a little bit of joy into our nutrition as well. So definitely do that. If it was like a Friday night, like, oh, we're going to have Friday night Chinese night and you're going to, you know, cook a, a Chinese dish and you're going to get some um, prawn crackers in and, you know, all those kind of things. That's the kind of thing we like doing sometimes. And it just adds like this like little fresh perspective to, to your week and to your nutrition as well. And that is so important because when we're thinking about nutrition, we, we're not thinking about pleasure. We're not thinking about that. We're thinking about how can I be disciplined and how can I cut back and how can I stop myself from eating that? But how about if we made it pleasurable? 
Because when we do that and when we start to enjoy our food, we're reaching for those maybe less desirable things less often because we feel satisfied. So that's really, really important. And then number five, let yourself eat and most importantly, enjoy the damn cake. Now I put cake in there. For you, it could be crisps, it could be chocolate, it could be anything like that, right? And what I really mean about this is not eat cake every day, but what I mean is if you're going to do it, flipping well enjoy it. You know, again, we underestimate the, the role of pleasure in food. And so what happens is, you know, we, we, we're good, and I put that in inverted commas, we're good all week. Then because that's been really, really hard, we end up like falling down towards the end of the week and we go on the binge and we have, you know, some cakes and chocolates and crisps, blah, 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 blah. And all we do is we feel guilty. We stuff it down. We feel guilty. We worry that we've ruined everything. And that's not a particularly helpful emotion to have around food because it actually leads us to do it more and more and more because it's it becomes the thing that is kind of forbidden, the thing that we shouldn't be doing. And, and it kind of gives it a little bit of a gloss, doesn't it? Whereas if you're like, actually, going out and meet a friend for a coffee, I'm going to have that cake and I'm going to enjoy it, then we're more likely to feel satisfied. And we underestimate the role of feeling satisfied when it comes to all of this stuff. We've got to feel satisfied by the way that we're eating because that in and of itself is going to help us to improve our nutrition. So those are my five little rules that you can start to, start to integrate. And I think, you know, I think the, the, the final thing that I want to say with this is, you know, nutrition is tricky. It is tricky. You know, most of us have a bit of a messed up relationship with nutrition that has been taught to us and hammered into us over the years. And sometimes it can be very hard to see beyond that, to see beyond this idea of restricting and being disciplined and having willpower and cutting things out. It can be very difficult to change our relationship with food. You know, we think if only we had more willpower, everything will be okay. But what I'm going to suggest to you if you're here and listening to this and if this is resonating is that those things are not working for us. Quite clearly, they're not working. So it is time to address this and it is time to see how you can start eating to nourish your body and to enjoy food rather than being on that never-ending quest to just deprive and punish because it's a battle you're never going to win. You are literally never going to win. So have a think about what little ways you could start to improve the way you eat today. You know, what could you be adding that could make your diet nutritious? And what's the first thing you're going to focus on? You know, like with everything that I talk about, it's one step at a time. I gave you like the five rules there. Don't do all of them at once. Start with one thing. Go like, actually, I always have cereal for breakfast. I'm going to start with that. Start with one thing and build from there because that is the way that you're going to gradually make that change and you're going to make it much, much easier for yourself. So choose the thing that is either easiest or the thing that's going to make the most difference and go from there. Right, before I go, before I finish today, if you are ready to approach fitness and wellness in a different way, if you're sick of the same old crap and you know that the mainstream approach just is not hitting the mark for you anymore, then how about coming and joining me for the Women Lift Strong Challenge? This is a three-day workshop and challenge, which is all about arming you with everything you need to take yourself from where you are right now, maybe feeling a bit frustrated, maybe feeling like you're not getting the results you want, maybe feeling like you're going around in circles into a place where you get to be the person that you want to be, where you get to not only be fitter and stronger, but you also finally get to change the narrative around your body, around how you see fitness and how you see yourself as well. Now, I promise you that this challenge is 
going to be transformational. I'm going to be helping you to look at your beliefs around fitness and wellness. I'm going to help you to tackle some of the myths and unhelpful messages around that, and then learn exactly how you can approach it in a different way. So you ultimately set yourself up for long-term success. This is all about giving you the ingredients you need to make that deeper change within yourself that is going to get you the results on both the inside and the outside too. If you just head to chickfit.co.uk forward slash lift strong challenge, and I'll put the show notes in there too, then we will be ready to get started from Monday, the 11th of September. I cannot wait to see you there. And on that note, I'm going to love you and leave you and see you next week. Thank you so much for joining me today, beautiful people. If you have loved listening in and want to make sure you don't miss out on future episodes, then simply subscribe or follow the podcast on your favourite podcast player right now. You can also come and join me on the socials at Alex Chick Fit and I'll see you again next time.